United Nations reported a dramatic worsening of world hunger in 2020, much of it related to the fallout of COVID-19. While the pandemic's impact has yet to be fully mapped, a multi-agency report estimates that around a tenth of the global population, more than 800 million people, were undernourished in 2020. It's certainly going to take a tremendous effort for the world to honour its pledge to end hunger by 2030. Herbal snack powerhouse PepsiCo is doing its bit with a new pledge to help 50 million people gain access to nutritious foods by 2030 through its Food for Good program and expanding its range of affordable nutrition offerings under its PepsiCo Pep journey. The new goal is in addition to the company's support for the Zero Hunger Private Sector Pledge, in which it has promised $100 million towards positive agriculture and food security initiatives by 2030. We speak to PepsiCo's Global Head of Philanthropy and Vice President of the PepsiCo Foundation, C.D. Glynn, about the company's ramped-up efforts and how the food industry should come together to bring about real change. Along with his love for South Africa and how he sees 2022 panning out for the snack sector. CD, thank you so much indeed for joining me today. As a major food producer, PepsiCo is well positioned to notice the effect of the pandemic. Can you paint us a better picture? Now, thanks, Joe. Thanks for the question. And let me just be clear. The global pandemic has put us all on notice. And PepsiCo's food security goals now come at a time when the world is facing a dire hunger crisis that's been exacerbated by the pandemic. You know, some stats. Nearly one in three people in the world, that's more than two billion people, did not have access to adequate food in 2020. And, Joe, that was an increase of almost 300 million people in just one year. So, Currently, 800 million people around the world suffer from hunger, and estimates show that more than 40% of the world's population can't afford a healthy diet. And as one of the world's largest food and beverage companies, PepsiCo has to play a role, a critical role in leveraging our global capabilities to achieve local impact in communities all over the world. And that is what we hope to accomplish with our commitment to global food security, to help eliminate, help realize zero hunger in the communities where we live and work. And how is the snack giant aiming to achieve this? So we have a goal to help 50 million people. And over the past year, we at PepsiCo have accelerated our efforts to help make the food system more sustainable, regenerative, and more inclusive. And we recently launched our most ambitious effort yet by embracing a bold new approach called PEP Positive, PepsiCo Positive. This is a strategic end-to-end transformation with sustainability at the center of how the company will create growth and value by inspiring change not only for the planet but also for people. And we'll achieve this via positive agriculture, positive value value chains, and providing positive choices. So as part of our PEP positive journey, PepsiCo has made this new 
goal to address global hunger by making nutritious food available to 50 million people by 2030. Additionally, PepsiCo signed the Zero Hunger Private Sector Pledge, pledging $100 million to sustainable agriculture and food security interventions by 2030. And finally, Jill, to achieve these goals, we're expanding our U.S. Food for Good Social Enterprise Initiative, which, as you know, seeks to address childhood hunger by providing meals to children when they aren't in school, for instance, Mm -hmm. after school, on weekends, and during the summer. Well, we're enhancing this program and creating Food for Good as a global platform to excel and advance our global pledge. And we're doing this by partnering with local leaders around the world on their needs to develop long-term food security initiatives. As a company that produces food products, have you seen consumers skew more towards products that come with a sustainable backstory? You know, I would I would say um, 100%. We see not only the global connectedness of, of communities around the world, but a rise in consumer consciousness to foods that are not only good for you, but maybe that are that are you know better for you. And so we do see our positive choices in our in our pet positive goals and aspirations, providing uh, more positive food choices and increasing access to nutritious foods for people and communities all over the world. We definitely see a heightened level of of consciousness amongst consumers. As part of this journey to help 50 million people, are you going to be bringing out more affordable nutritional offerings apart from your regular snacks and beverages? You know, as as part of our our pet positive um, goals and aspirations in this initiative, we are going to be looking at our product portfolio in new ways, but we're also going to, through our Food for Good um, program, we're looking with working with um, you know local partners in the U.S. and who we've been working with some of them for more than a decade to increase this access to nutritious foods for for children and their and their families and it really is um, important to us. It's something that we've been doing for a number of years and with our our new commitment, you know, we are advancing food security where we're looking at bringing proven food access solutions to communities around the world and we're committed in investing in solutions that increase equitable access for nutritious foods and increase productivity as well as incomes, not only for those who are consuming foods, but improving the yields and incomes for small-scale farmers who are producing foods. And we think that's going to help um, realize not only positive agriculture, not only positive value chains, positive choices, but also realize zero hunger. You've mentioned the company has pledged $100 million in positive agriculture and food security initiatives by 2030, along with another million-dollar grant to the World Food Program. Can you reveal a rough figure of the total amount that PepsiCo is investing in this commitment and how these funds will be distributed? No, that's a great, great point. So let me, let me start with, with the, zero, the Zero Hunger Pledge. So PepsiCo uh-huh. aims to invest this $100 million in positive agriculture and food security through 2030. And this includes training farmers, helping strengthen agricultural production with plans to increase crop yields and help ensure a more resilient food supply, as well as in addition to providing nutritious meal distribution to communities. And so in addition to, or in accordance, I should say, to the Zero Hunger Pledge's goal, which is uh-huh. to ensure that most of the pledge comes from the business, um, 
as well as uh, philanthropic efforts, nearly two-thirds of PepsiCo's pledge will come from the business with the remaining third coming from the PepsiCo Foundation, whereas, you know, I'm the, the vice president um, and, and global head of philanthropy for the entire company. But uh-huh. as a breakdown, approximately seven seventy million will go towards positive agriculture programs and thirty million will go towards meal distribution and um, nutritious foods and uh, nutritious food access interventions. Let me if you're okay, Jill, let me go to a little bit of the World Food Program to share a little bit about that. So, you know, for first and foremost, the World Program World Food Program has been an important partner of PepsiCo for more than a decade, all around the world looking at access to to addressing food insecurity and access to uh foods, nutritious foods, but also sustainable agriculture all around the world. But most recently we made a grant um to the World Food Program of a million dollars to provide um, funding to co-create a multi-country partnership in the Middle East and North Africa, focusing on improving long-term food security needs of communities impacted and affected by climate change, conflict, natural disasters, and humanitarian crisis. And this grant, again, builds upon what we've been doing with the World Food, grant, World food Program for more than a decade. Can you tell me a little bit more about your partnership with CARE? Great, great. So CARE, as one of the um, largest and most impactful international um, NGOs in the world, it's been a great pleasure to partner um, with them. So CARE launched She Feeds the World, a program um, that they created that they launched in 2018. And this program had the goal to improve food security, nutrition, and economic opportunity for 50 million farmers and their families around the developing world with a strong emphasis on small-scale women farmers. And the PepsiCo Foundation invested $18.2 million in CARES She Feeds the World program. And again, mm-hmm. this program, our funding aims to support specifically 5 million small-scale women producers and their families. And the program is now active in Uganda, in East Africa, in Peru, in Egypt, and in 2022, I'm happy to announce, um, Joe, that we'll be expanding this program to Nigeria, to Thailand, Vietnam, Turkey, and Colombia, all in 2022. So this grant is helping women gain access to land rights, to reach new markets, improve access to quality equipment, and participate in critical agriculture and financial trainings. We couldn't be prouder of the support uh, that we're providing to CARE and the impact that with CARE we're going to have around the world, again, um, to over 5 million small-scale women farmers. Fantastic. As you know, um, as a South African, I am passionate about everything that happens in Africa, and I believe you have ties too with South Africa. Can you tell me a little bit about your personal journey? Oh, thank you, and, and, and it, it'd be an honor to. And as, as as a South African, let me just say to you directly, I, I, I love your country. So I started my career um, in international development and foreign assistance and global uh, uh, development in basically in South Africa as a Peace Corps volunteer in the northern part of the country, and I worked on uh, uh, community level programs and projects for two and a half years, and this was during the illustrious presidency of Nelson Mandela 
And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the first things that when Mandela came to power, that happened in terms of U.S. engagement was looking at how the U.S. could could provide um, people power to a right. new South Africa and people who could who could live and work at the grassroots level in a new South Africa at that time, as you know, Jill, the Rainbow Nation. Um, yeah. So bringing about that new South Africa that was diverse, inclusive, that was looking at equality and, and um, equity for all, you know, I w- it was humble to be a part of that, that program in the, in the mid-'90s. And I spent a, the better part of the past two um, decades living and working in, in throughout Africa, working as a consultant with the World Bank and the International Finance Corporation, the IFC in Nigeria, working, um, leading uh, the Rockefeller Foundation's efforts in, in Africa, in living, living um, in Nairobi, Kenya, and having worked with the State Department and USAID and other program, uh, organizations all over, all over the continent. And before most recently coming to PepsiCo, I, um, for five years, was the president CEO of the U.S. African Development Foundation. And this Mm -hmm. is a congressionally funded U.S. government um, philanthropic organization that invests directly into African organizations, African enterprises, and African entrepreneurs to look at developing, growing, and scaling um, development and economic advancement in Africa for underserved communities. So a big part of my career has been in the con- your, your home continent and my adopted continent, Jill. <laughs> Lovely. Getting back to the pandemic, and unfortunately its tendrils still haven't uh, been um, thwarted, how do you see 2022 panning out for the snacks industry and for the philanthropic sector? You know that that's a great a great question, and, I, and I'll answer it in, the, in this way. So when we think about the areas that the foundation, the PepsiCo Foundation, invests in, we look at issues that sort of um, leverage the capabilities that we have um, as a company. We think about um, impacting communities, Joe. At, at the PepsiCo Foundation, we think about engaging employees as a company that's a global company with over 300,000 or almost 300,000 global employees. How do we engage our, our employees as part of the solution? And then we ultimately think about a driver of real corporate purpose, corporate responsibility, and and really um, a, a way to really build corporate reputation that PepsiCo is a part of the communities where where we uh, source and and sell products. So for us, it's it's an opportunity to do more in the communities where we live and work in places that we we call home as a company. And so when we think about our efforts, whether they're in food security, whether they're in access to safe water, or whether they're in economic opportunity, our efforts are always focused on areas of high need across the world. For example, mm-hmm. those areas that face persistent challenges that we're seeing now with nutrition access, like rural communities all over the world. And we think about where can philanthropy um, play a unique role? Where can we use philanthropic dollars to catalyze transformational change or to fill a gap where where we don't see the government or or other players being able to provide that necessary catalytic capital? And so we also think about the need and our role as a philanthropic um, entity at the PepsiCo Foundation, but we also say, well, where is the business operating? Where do we have operations and employees where we want to be more than a profit center, where we really want to focus on people and planet, and where can we provide local expertise to support our programs? And that's usually where we do have um, employees and associates that can actually 
augment our philanthropic dollars, our grant capital with their human capital, where they can actually be part of the solution and really drive um, employee pride. So we see 2022 being a year in which 20 and 21, we were very responsive. It was an inflection point for the foundation of the company where we had to show up, Jill, in ways in which we'd never shown up, showed up for um, our communities and the countries in which we operate like never before because everyone was in need. And the foundation stepped into that breach and provided real catalytic capital, but also real long-term programming. As we pivot from 2020 and 2021, now this is our new normal. This is an operating environment Mm -hmm. now that the foundation um, is seeing um, our commitment to communities not only being um, responsive, but also we've retooled them and are doubling down and, and doing more. So we see 2022 as an opportunity to really, again, build on the efforts that we've done in the past two years amidst the pandemic, but also to look at it as our new normal. We're not going anywhere. The PepsiCo Foundation, PepsiCo as an operator, as one of the world's largest food and beverage companies, is committed to these communities. We've shown that commitment in the hardest, darkest of days, and we'll be there as as we turn the corner and do see that light at the end end of this pandemic tunnel. You know, I, I would just say that our, you know, it's really important for, for as a as a U.S.-based company, but a global company, to think about how we are global, but we operate locally. And our goals and objectives for food security are, are global in nature, and they will be activated in different ways. But these goals are just a first step in mm-hmm. a long journey to help realize zero hunger and ensure a sustainable future for all. So as we look at Food for Good as a global expansion, a global platform, we're investing in solutions that really do create equitable access for nutritious foods and increase productivity, income for small-scale farmers. And this is critical to our aim as a company, as a food and beverage company, to really look at a sustainable food system, but also to be part of the solution to bring about uh, zero hunger. So we're happy to play our part, and we really encourage others to join us and in and, and these endeavors. How can others, consumers, brands, brand owners, suppliers, retailers, how can they jump on board? So I think I think we we look at ourselves in a couple of ways. We look at ourselves as a catalyst, and where we're using our capabilities, um, our ability to source, to pack, to deliver nutritious meals, our ability to look at regenerative, sustainable agriculture. We see ourselves somewhat as an example, as a first mover in some places where we are focused on being profitable, but also a real focus. On, on an end-to-end solution that really impacts, is a positive contribution to people and planet. So one thing is, is to follow our lead. The other, the other, the other way is to, to join us and let's do more together. And then, and then another way is to just be intentional in their own efforts and lead the way in terms of their own business capabilities that they have. But I think we want to do more with others. We want to be seen as a real collaborator. We know that one, no one com, uh, company, no one entity can do this alone. So mm-hmm. we're we're opening, we're open. It's an open invitation to think about food for good as a platform that can take others' efforts into account as we do look at reducing zero, uh, bringing about zero hunger. So, for instance, the World Food Program, as an entity in and of themselves, they're partnering with us and we're partnering with them. We mentioned CARE. In this, in this podcast, CARE has their own initiative, and we've joined theirs. Food for Good, a PepsiCo pioneered um, 
uh, initiative, but we could, we would love to have others join us. So it's really about being intentional and being intentional in collaboration. So we, we welcome others to join our efforts, but we also um, encourage others to establish their own efforts that are aligned with the broader objective. So we can do more together, and we can, you know, together uh, focus on bringing about real change to uh, the, the challenges of global hunger and food insecurity. Well, thank you very much indeed. No, thank you, Jill. This was, it was a pleasure talking to you. I mean, the pleasant surprise of, of the South African um, <laughs> It's connection. great talking to you. No, it, it, it's really one of my career um, highlights and personal honors. Just to be able to say those words that I lived in South Africa when Nelson Mandela was president. I mean, my I have three daughters, and when I tell them that, I mean, I'm old old guy to them, but they still say, Daddy, you know, Daddy did something really special. Wow. <laughs> Absolutely. He was such an incredible man.